Coming up tonight on Max Wrestling. Two tribes go to war as NXT combats AEW title Tuesday. Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes light up the Fastlane press conference. And finally, the grand final of the Blind Tag Team Trivia Tournament. It's Thursday, you know what that means, this is your captain speaking, welcome to Max Wrestling episode 449, Moses currently having uh, technical issues, uh, so that leaves me without LFA, maybe I'll call in The Undertaker or something, see what we can do, uh, yeah, we need we need the, the Hall of Fame roster for today, but anyway, um, War came to wrestling on Tuesday, but not between AEW and NXT, between the fans. We'll, we'll get into that. But before we get into any of this week's mayhem, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, follow us on SoundCloud and Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. You can find Match Wrestling Podcast and head over to matchwrestlingnet.weebly.com. So uh, last week we had Fastlane predictions. Next week we got Bound for Glory predictions. Thankfully, there's no pay-per-view or PLE this week so we got a little bit of a break um but speaking about for glory we're going to get into impact now as we kick off the friday night freeway last week's impact kicked off with tasha Steeles picking up a win over killer kelly Backstage, John Skyler proposed a tag team with Savannah Evans to face Ace Austin and Chris Bay, but Giselle Shaw intervened, making the decision for Jay Vidal to team with Skyler later on in the night. In an interview, Jonathan Gresham admitted cheating against Mike Bailey to expose the incompetence of referees and officials. Mike Bailey confronted Gresham backstage, questioning his actions, but Gresham walked away. Digital media champion Tommy Dreamer respectfully offered Crazy Steve a title shot to cash in his Beast of Fire briefcase, but Steve attacked him with a fork. Eric Young, Jordan Grace, Dango, Champagne Singh and Jake Something defeated Mahabali Shira, Kylan King, Jody Frett, Brian Myers and Bully Ray in a chaotic 10-person tag team match. Josh Alexander's interview was interrupted by Alex Shelley, who offered his support against Khan later in the night. In a fans' revenge strap match, ABC defeated John Schuyler and Jay Vidal. Later on, Moose, accompanied by Brian Myers, squashed Bupindo Guja. After the match, Steve Macklin confronted Moose and demanded the Feast of Fire briefcase, leading to a heated exchange of words. PCO attacked Bully Ray and Brian Myers, again, and Rhino gored Steve Macklin, again. Ace Austin and Chris Bay informed the Rascals of their intention to cash in Bay's Feast of Fire briefcase for a title shot. Sammy Callahan and Rich Swan interrupted also with eyes on the Tag Team Championships. Santino Morella announced that Swan and Callahan will face the Rascals for the Tag Team Championships, with the winners defending against Austin and Bay at Bound for Glory. Chris Sabin addressed Kenta, showing respect ahead of their X Division title match, uh, which is also a Bound for Glory. And Josh Alexander defeated Khan in the main event. However, after the match, Alex Shelley confronted Alexander after an accidental strike. Tensions boil over as Shelley hit a Blade Runner on Alexander. Join us next week for Bound for Glory predictions. Impact has been left for now. And Moses is on a rampage. 
right, let's jump into some rampage. The Hardys and the best friends defeated the former. Jericho appreciates his society. Backstage, Eddie Kingston interview is quickly interrupted by Planet Jarrett as they demand that Jay Lethal get the title shot at the Ring of Honor World title. Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta squash Levi, Levi Sapario and a wise guy Ruzo, Rizzo, Rizzo, Ruiz, whatever. I don't even know. It was a squash. We move on with our life. Backstage, Menar and Parker put Garcia on blast for their loss, saying tonight was, uh, was about proving that they made the right decision to walk away from Chris Jericho. Right now, guess what? It ain't really working out in their favor, if I can say so myself. Commander defeated Pentagon, Lince Dorado, and Johnny TV to earn a shot at said Ring of Honor world title held by Eddie Kingston. Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander defeated Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. Why are you still on my television? For whatever reason, this man have ended the show, and I am just as baffled to this day. Oh my goodness gracious. Now it's time for the for the cap to retire. To recap the smack, the main event absolutely killed me. LA Knight opens SmackDown but is quickly interrupted by Paul Heyman, Solo Sokoa, and Jimmy Uso. Paul Heyman admits that LA Knight has his attention. The bad news is that now the bloodline will have to do something about it. John Cena runs down to the ring, however, and stands tall with LA Knight. Oscar and Charlotte Flair then defeat EO Sky and Bailey. I don't know how many times we have to see this friggin' match. Backstage, Rhea Ripley kicks the Judgment Day out of the locker room so that she can speak to Paul Heyman alone. Bobby Lashley then defeated Rey Mysterio. Dragon Lee defeated Austin Fury. And in the main event, LA Knight defeated Jimmy Uso by disqualification after interference from Solo leading to a brawl with Cody Rhodes, the Judgment Day, the Bloodline, which ends with JD McDonough getting hit with a superkick from Jay, a five-knuckle shovel and an AA from John Cena, the BFT from LA Knight, and a crossroads from Cody Rhodes. Saturday is Fight Night, and Moses is now on course for Collision. back again let's jump into collision and it actually started out with a shocker as Ricky Starks and Big Bill defeated the FTR not the FTR but FTR to win the AEW tag team titles and a lot of speculation around that one which we'll get into later in the show Brian Danielson defeated Kyle Fletcher after the match the gates of agony came out to attack Danielson but of course Claudio Casanoli and Wheeler Yuta came out to make the same kind of key the BCC uh, intact. Speaking of great factions that are intact, the Bang Bang Gang, the Bullet Club Gold, but Cardblade defeated. Actually, I don't think Cardblade was out there. I think maybe he was out there. I don't remember watching that part of the show. Sorry. <laughs> they defeated on Helico, Middle League, and Gravity. And after the match, Jay White challenges Adam Page to a match on Dynamite, which we'll get into. This I did see. The acclaimed and Billy Gunn defeated Jack Jameson and the Iron Savages to retain the trio's titles. Timeless Tony Storm. Oh, yeah. If you don't love Timeless Tony Storm, I don't know what to tell you. Timeless Tony Storm defeats Kiera Hogan in another battle of the Cheeks. The Timeless Cheeks win this one. 
Ruby is interviewed by Renee Paquette, and she informs her that she has been banned from ringside on Dynamite against uh, for the whole Soraya match, where it's Soraya against Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship. Eddie Kingston then goes on to defeat uh, Commander to retain the Ring of Honor World title. Adam Copeland calls out Christian Cage for answers, but instead gets Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne. Darby Allen attempts to make the save, but he gets his arm smashed with a steel chair and could be out for just a little bit of time, maybe even quite a bit of time. But now, speaking of some time, it's time for Cap to go take one for the team. He's going into Raw. Seth Rollins opened Raw and says Shinsuke Nakamura took him to his limit at Fastlane, but he's interrupted by Drew McIntyre. Rollins asked McIntyre if he wants a title shot. McIntyre nods and says he wants his shot at Crown Jewel. Damian Priest hops the barricade and pummels Rollins. While McIntyre is still on the ramp, he puts out an arm to stop Dominic and delivers a Glasgow kiss. Back in the ring, Seth Rollins fights back before Priest slips away. In a Viking Rules match, Ivar defeated Kofi Kingston. Backstage, Damian Priest has JD McDonough by the throat, blaming him for their tag team title loss. Rhea Ripley tells McDonough that if he wants to prove himself, he's going to have to take out Drew McIntyre tonight. Raquel Rodriguez versus Nia Jax end in a no contest when they're both attacked by Rhea Ripley. In the ring, Michael Cole interviews Cody and Jay before they're interrupted by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as they challenge them to a tag team title match in the main event. Backstage, Nakamura blindsides Ricochet with an attack. Right before a triple threat Intercontinental Championship number one contenders match as Bronson Reed defeated Ricochet and Chad Gable. Later on, Adam Pearce grants Ricochet a Falls Count Anywhere match against Nakamura. Drew McIntyre defeated JD McDonough and NXT Women's Champion Becky Lynch defeated Tegan Knox by submission. Backstage, Rhea Ripley tells Adam Pearce she needs to get her division in order and she wants Shayna Baszler next week. In the main event, Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes defeat Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to retain the undisputed tag team titles and after the match, Kevin Owens finally embraces and shows respect to Jey Uso. Nat is raw okay so uh now that we've done all the recapping um let's take a look at the group for the group recap this week um what we do with the max russ and facebook group is we encourage you to post and comment and hopefully it gives us stuff to talk about on the show which it certainly has this week um chris reed once again probably the most active guy behind uh <laughs> Travis Walker Anderson, who is literally unstoppable um, as a group MVP, but I digress. Chris Reed posted an interesting topic this week. Who would you guys say was the greatest European champion of all time? Now, I'm looking at the list, and his name's like, obviously, British Bulldog, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, um, Owen Hart. Um, actually, this may be in order, actually. Now, looking at it, it very much seems to be in order. Um, Bulldog, Shawn... Triple H, Owen, D'Lo, um, X-Pac, Shane McMahon, Shane and X-Pac feuded over that title for like a whole year. Um, then it went to Midian, who stole the belt out of Shane's bag and 
somehow became European champion because of that. Um, Jeff Jarrett, Mark Henry, Val Venus, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho. Um, actually, Kurt Angle was the Eurocontinental champion because he was European and IC champion at the same time. Um, Eddie Guerrero, of course, Perry Saturn, Al, Al Snow, William Regal, Crash Harley, Test, both Hardys, The Hurricane, Bradshaw. Anybody remember Bradshaw as European champion? Um, Christian, DDP, Spike Dudley. Um, and, of course, the final European champion was Rob Van Dam when it was unified with the Intercontinental Championship. Um, I would definitely think of one of these guys, like, immediately when you say European champion. Uh, so, say European champion, who's the first name that comes to mind? William Regal. Um, does that make him the greatest European champion of all time? I don't know. Um... The European title was weird because it was the mid card title below the mid card title. It it was it it I mean it should have been on the same pedestal as the IC title, except the IC title obviously had a longer lineage um, and more prestige and was booked higher. But I mean, you look at the list of names here that I've just rattled off that have held the European title. Out of all those, I think the greatest European champion was You see, when I think of William Regal, I think of more the Intercontinental title. But I mean you gotta pick a a, a European wrestler, European British name, right? British Bulldog, um William Regal. They are literally, yeah. They they like the they're the only two Europeans that have held the European title. What the fuck? <laughs> you know what? Let's go with British Bulldog. Um, AJ Sparks said D'Lo. D'Lo was a great European champion as well, um, but he was also a great tag team champion. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Bulldog. Just because it's the European title, and I think there should have been more Europeans or more Brits that held that belt. Um, so, oh yeah, yeah, this one isn't is. Uh, I'm not gonna get it. this one wasn't posted in the group per se, but it was another group that I got involved in. Obviously, the Tuesday Night War happened this past week. Um. Where NXT and Dynamite went head to head for one week. Um, now, before we begin, let's just clarify something. This wasn't a choice of AEW to invade NXT's night. They had to move because, you know, schedule shit. It happens every year. Now, whenever you say anything negative about AEW, people accuse you of being a WWE fanboy. Whenever you say anything negative of WWE, people accuse you of being an AEW fanboy. I'm not pro AEW. I'm not pro WWE. I'm pro wrestling. I don't give a... I watch... I follow both products. So, let's just dust that under the under the, uh, the rug right away. This is not a one-sided argument. I'm just looking at it straight down the middle. So... AEW 
booked a normal show. It was a regular episode of Dynamite. It just happened to be on a Tuesday. NXT, immediately, knee-jerk reaction, book The Undertaker, book John Cena, book Paul Heyman, book Asuka, load the show with guys that that you would never see on that show at any other time. Cena and Taker aren't going to be on NXT next week. They were there just because AEW happens to be on the same night. And I get it, you know, it's, uh, it's good business to counter-program. And, and I'm fine with that, you know. That's what made the Monday Night War so great. Um, WCW and WWE trying to combat each other because they were on the same night every week. They would, It was the whole flick between channels thing. But what I don't like is, and I'm going to use the term I just used, WWE fanboys because you are, you blatantly hate AEW just because it's AEW and WWE is be all end all and anything else sucks. Okay. Um, <laughs> what I don't like is that the fact that they can't admit that NXT was clearly bloated with top names just to combat AEW. And like I said, that's fine. But don't deny it. Admit to it. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Of course, Dynamite wasn't going to get as many views as NXT when you've got John Cena showing up, Undertaker showing up, um... Ask her, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes had a big announcement. So, um, that was what everybody was waiting for, the, the ratings, because that was the thing back in when Dynamite first started and both shows were on Wednesday and it was all about the ratings and which AEW won most of the time, let's be honest. Um, everybody was waiting for this to come out because everybody knew NXT was going to get more, which, again, is fine. So, like I just said, say it how it is. They called in the legends to help beat AEW. Fine. So, uh, I just made a little joke. Let's just call it main roster takeover, which is what it was. Now, here we go. Speedy Scales said, let's go AEW marks what you got to say now. Like I said, just because you criticize WWE... Or make a joke about WWE doesn't mean you're automatically an AEW fanboy. Like I just said, I follow both products. This is not an AEW bias opinion. Um, All I've been reading are excuses as always. Y'all let a few main roster guys take out all of AEW main roster. Um, Yeah, like they were going to. Undertaker and John Cena and Cody Rhodes are going to get more views than... um, guys that are getting built on on dynamite like what do you want me to say so um i replied i watched both shows I'm, this isn't on a one-sided opinion no excuses here but don't pretend any of those big names would ever have been on nxt if AEW wasn't on tuesday you all know it's a fact um then the guy that really came into it came along tom bryant actually let me go to this guy first um king rojo pleasant you didn't seem very pleasant uh if you got it flaunt it apparently AEW don't have it um of of course they don't have it they're a four-year-old company the the old names that are in AEW are already on the main roster it's not like AEW is a 30 40 year old company that can call in a bunch of legends that appeared on their show 30 years ago, you know, um, 
they already got Jericho, they already got fucking Edge, Christian, they're on the main roster, it, it's not like a special attraction to call in these guys when they're there every week, um, again, is, is Cena and Taker going to be on NXT next week, no? Okay, so, uh, now we go over to Tom Bryant's whose first comment was, wait, is it AEW versus NXT or AEW versus WWE? Move them goalposts. Uh, it's AEW versus NXT. Uh, it's not on the same night as Raw. It's not on the same night as SmackDown. It's on the same night as NXT, which is the developmental brand. Um, and like I said, so we're going to see Cena, Taker, Cody, and Asuka on Tuesday next week, are we? Is, is that right? Uh, Tom says, we aren't even going to see Dynamite on Tuesday every week. Um, no, because it's not their normal night. Of course it's not going to be on Tuesday every week. How is that even an argument to earn points? It's Wednesday nights. It moved to Tuesday for one night. This wasn't, uh, let's move to Tuesdays and go head-to-head with NXT. This was, a, okay, we've got to move to Tuesday this week. But we're going to be back on Wednesday next week. It was It was a one-week deal. And it, again, it happens every fucking year. Um, Tom replied, so what's the problem? Here's the problem. The problem is celebrating some kind of win in an, an imaginary war when NXT dragged as many big names from the main roster to their developmental show as they could just because AEW had to move nights for one week. Next week, neither company are going to care. Dynamite's going to be on Wednesday. NXT will be back to its normal roster. The only people fighting over this are the fans. And maybe Tony Khan, be that's Tony. There is no war. The only people making it a war are you. For, for what? For brownie points? For bragging rights? Nobody gives a shit. If you only watch WWE, fine. If you only watch AEW, fine. If you watch both shows, fine. Watch what you watch. Watch what you like. Why do you give a shit what anybody else wants to watch? Um, and this is the thing that's been going uh, around all week long. And of course, like I said, it was just a matter of time before the uh, the sheep as we love to call them, came back about NXT beating Dynamite um, with a totally regular show, right? <sighs> Fortunately, that's um, all the spitballing I got into over this. Um, the internet obviously picked sides like it, like it was bound to. Um, I mostly stayed out of it. Um, it's just stupid. We went over this in, fuck, what was it, 2019, 2020? Just grow the fuck up. Anyway, let's go to a break. <laughs> let's make it short, sweet, to the point. I am your current reigning Max Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. 
I'm the guy every person should be worried about. Whether you are MDO or not. He's already proven twice that he can't be trusted. He used Chris to screw me over. He's not my El Jefe anymore. <laughs> You're making my decision for me. I'm coming at the Chris and then I'm going at the El Jefe. So heave my warning. The MDO stronger than ever. Sure about that? Cool. Moses Marquez, do you not understand what you have done? But here at Max, you gotta earn the belts. And let's just say that maybe, just maybe, we'll use this as a representation of my world championship. You don't woke up something that even you can't handle. It's not too late, baby. You're still MDO. I'm gonna run through you like an animal, baby. Everybody is gonna hit the floor. Cause I wanna see you in promo series. Welcome back to the cap and well just the cap show there is still no mo um it looks like it's going to be a solo show this week so this is your captain make sure you're liking and subscribed on youtube follow us everywhere and for all the information you need go to maxrossingnet.weebly.com um still to come dynamite nxt presents wrestlemania tuesday and well we were going to do, obviously, the final of the blind tag team trivia tournament, but without Moses here to ask the questions, we can't really do it, so that's going to have to wait till next week. Um, suffice to say, this tournament has been cursed from the beginning. <laughs> it has not gone according to schedule at all since the very beginning, but uh, we only have one match left. Let's just get to the final. Let's get the final over with, then, of course, the winners will face DCMO for the... Max tag team titles at promo series, but oh my goodness gracious, good God Almighty! Holy crap, we got a whole lot of history to get into this thing. So let's waste some time. Let's jump right into it. We're starting it off quick. October the fifth, nineteen ninety-seven. We start with the WWF monthly pay-per-view in your house, but this one is more likely, or should I say more properly named, Bad Blood. The Attitude Era is alive with this pay-per-view. Hawk and Animal, the Legion of Doom, lost to the Nation of Domination in a handicap match. D'Lo Brown, Kamala Mustafa, and of course, a young Rocky Maivia. The Godwins beat the Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher to win the WWF Tag Team titles. Owen Hart defeated Farouk for the vacant height of the Intercontinental Championship. Bret Hart and the British Bulldog defeated the Patriot Invader in a flag tag team match. And in the main event, we saw the first ever Hell in a Cell. It featured Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, and yes, it was five stars. October the 6th, 2019. We go from, you know, a Hell in a Cell match to a regular PLE. Hell in a Cell had two Cell matches, and it opened, one of them opened up the show. Becky Lynch against Sasha Banks. Uh, Becky went on to retain the Raw Women's title. Asuka and Kyrie Sane then defeated Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss to win the Women's Tag Team titles. 
Chad Gable beat Baron Corbin. Awesome. The 24-7 title changed hands not once but twice on this show. Charlotte Flair beat Bailey, winning the SmackDown Women's title, and I know you're not surprised. I'm not surprised either. Lastly, in the main event, we saw the other cell match. This one was actually memorable, but uh, not such a good memory. Seth Rollins versus The Fiend. And uh, this one was for the Universal title. And this was the one that was ended via ref stoppage where The Fiend bashed Seth's head in with a hammer. But again, it's a Hell in a Cell match. Why in the hell was it thrown out? All right, they win. Same day, just different year. October 6, 2006. Ring of Honor prevent, uh, presents Survival of the Fittest. The show starts out with Mont Sadel beating Davey Richards. Delirious would go on to beat Davey Richards. Uh, Dickhead Austin Aries beat CD Christopher Daniels and the Briscoe brothers defeated uh, Homicide and Roderick Strong. All those matches were qualifier matches for the uh, survival of the fittest match at the uh, in the main event. We saw Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe go in a 20 minute time limit draw. The kings of wrestling, Chris Hero and Claudio Castagnoli, retained their Ring of Honor tag team titles as they defeated them, as they defeated the team of Colt Cabana and Jimmy Jacobs. The main event was that survival of the fittest match. Five men competing for a future shot at the Ring of Honor World Title. As I mentioned previously, it included Austin Aries, Jay and Matt, Jay and Mark Briscoe, as well as Matt Seidel, and the eventual winner, Delirious. October 7, 2015, NXT TakeOver Respect. And this one wasn't exactly the greatest of NXT specials, but it does have a place in history for it holding the first ever Iron Women's match. The team of uh, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe defeated the Revival to advance in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, and then it was Baron Corbin and Rhino, yes, Rhino, who advanced uh, when they defeated American Alpha. But it was Finn and Joe who, uh, who came out, the Dusty Classic winners. The main event, we saw again the first ever women's Iron Man match or the first Iron Women's match, and it featured longtime rivals Bailey and Sasha Banks. But it was the, it was the over the top, overly loved by NXT Bailey that walked away with the NXT women's title. Again, same day, different year, October 7, 2007. During a time when a lot of people probably stopped watching the WWE, probably stopped watching wrestling, period. WWE presents No Mercy, and this was a weird one. The show actually opened up with a, a talking segment, believe it or not. And it was Regal and Vince McMahon awarding Randy Orton the WWE title because John Cena's injury. But he would have to defend that title later that night, and he did so to open the show against Triple H. He then wins the belt, and then we go on to have all kinds of chicanery where Triple H is going to defend it again later on, and then again again in the main event while issuing a challenge. Did I mention this one was weird? Pepsi Field defeated Big Daddy V in under two minutes to retain the ECW title. Oh, it's getting weirder as I'm going along. Triple H defended, as I had previously mentioned, the WWE title against Umaga. Uh, Beth Phoenix beat Candice LeRae, or Candice Michelle, excuse me, to win the WWE Women's title. Batista and the great Kali uh, had a Punjabi prison match for the World Heavyweight Championship. And yes, this is one of the ones that just sucks something fierce. Uh, Batista walks away with that one. And in the main event, we saw Randy Orton versus Triple H uh, in a last man standing match where we saw Randy Orton get the win over Triple H to become the new WWE Champion. 
October 8th, 2017. Why not? Let's go with another Hell in a Cell. Fuck it. The New Day versus the Usos inside of a Hell in a Cell, which I believe was the first ever tag match inside of Hell in a Cell. Well, not only was it the first tag match, and it was also for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Usos walked away the new tag team champs. Baron Corbin beat AJ Styles and Ty Dillinger in a triple threat to walk away the new U.S. champion. Charlotte and Talia for the SmackDown Women's title went to a, a DQ. And Shinsuke got a shot at the WWE Championship, but even he could not hinder the gender as Jinder Mahal walks away. Still WWE Champion. And in the main event, an absolute excuse for Shane McMahon to jump off Hell in a Cell. It's Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon in a Falls Count Anywhere Hell in a Cell match. Basically, it, it was beat the crap out of each other, jump off the cell, Kevin Owens. Let's kick it old school for a little bit. October 10th, 1989. Old school, baby. Old school. WWE's first UK show happened at the, in the London Arena in London, England. The card had some very notable names. Dino Bravo beating a young whippersnapper by the name of Bret Hart. Jim Duggan. Oh. Beat the Honky Tonk Man. The Rockers, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, defeated the Rougeau brothers, Jacques and Raymond. The Brooklyn Brawler, shockingly, on like the second to last freaking, he's on the pre-men event, if you will, defeated Paul Roma. And in the main event, it was Savage versus Hogan for the WWF title, but again, it's the 80s, so we know who walks away with the gold in that one. Yeah, it's Hogan. Let's start with some history. I should say, let's finish with some history for the land of the rising sun. October the 12th, 2015, New Japan's King of Pro Wrestling pay-per-view included four title matches, and they all had some very recognizable names. That is, if you follow New Japan. Red Dragons, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly retained their junior tag team titles against Rapungi Vice's Beretta, not now Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero. A fresh to Bullet Club, Kenny Omega retains his junior title against Matt Seidel. The never open weight belt, aka the mean belt, had a mean guy match. Tomohiro Ishii. Tagay Makabe, and it was the Stone Pimple to uh, Tomohiro Ishii that walks away still, never open weight champion. The ace of New Japan, Hiroshi Tanahashi, defended his Tokyo briefcase, the right to fight for the IWGP title at Wrestle Kingdom against Tetsuya Naito, and walked away with it successfully. And in the main event, this was the main event that brought many eyes to New Japan. Kazuchika Okada versus AJ Styles for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. In a 30-minute classic, it was the leader of Bullet Club, AJ Styles, and all of the Bullet Club that walked away with every bit of gold that night. Wow. Whole lot of history, and we finished with one with a reminder that AJ got even bigger when he hit Japan. Let's kick it to the boys. But um, we are going to get into Dynamite and NXT because that was obviously the hot topic this week. And I've already talked about the war between the fans. So this is just a straight recap of both shows. Because like I said, I watched both shows. I am not uh, a fucking tribalist. I'm a wrestling fan. So I watched both shows. So let's kick it off. NXT. Um, Cody Rhodes opened the show announcing uh, a men's breakout tournament once the women's tournament is done. And also announces the return of the Dusty Tag Team Classic. Um, which I think most of us predicted. 
Uh, he and Jay obviously won the tag team titles at Fastlane, so the writing was on the wall. Actually, kudos to Michael Cook, Cookie, for predicting that um, and factoring it into his predictions for Fastlane. He said, you know, I'm going with Cody and Jay because I think Cody's big announcement on NXT is that he's going to announce the return of the Dusty Tag Team Classic, which obviously is what happened. Um, Cody also announced that Shawn Michaels has named him the special guest general manager for the night. And in case you didn't know, he kept reminding you every single time he was on screen, I am the general manager this evening. Thank you, Cody. We know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love Cody, though, but anyway. He was interrupted by Ilya Dragunov, obviously NXT champion, who welcomed him to NXT. Um, they were interrupted by Dominic and Rhea because, of course, um, Dominic, Dirty Dom, then challenged Dragunov for the NXT title. Cody made it official, doing his very best impression of Adam Pearce, but also names LA Knights as special referee, as if you hadn't inflated this roster enough. Now you're bringing in LA Knight. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I can't help but fire shots. I, I still like WWE, but I'm still firing shots. I fire shots at AEW when they do stupid stuff or two. Not stupid, but, you know. Um, we then got Asuka making her guest appearance as she defeated Roxanne Perez. This is also the problem with WWE, and Sam, someone else mentioned this too. Um, WWE use their old-timers to not put the young talent over, like... Okay, I'm not expecting Roxanne Perez to beat Oscar, but could you not have found somebody else from the main roster to 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 put Roxanne over? Like, why are you bringing in Oscar just to beat this girl who you're trying to build in your developmental brand? I it, I just don't get the logic in it. But anyway, Oscar defeats Roxanne Perez um, during the match. Shotzi joined the commentary table for no, no reason really. Um. But she also announced that she will guest host Halloween Havoc with Scarlet this week, uh, this this year. Of course, Halloween Havoc is Shotzi's thing. Cool, fine with that. Um, interesting to see the dynamic she's going to have with Scarlet. Um, but we'll see. Kiana James then tried to attack Roxanne, but was taken out by Shotzi. Um, you know what? On paper, this sounds stupid, but it was actually pretty good. Uh, in a pub rules street fight complete with darts, pool cues, and beer barrels. Just so you know, we don't have beer barrels lying around in British pubs. Um, <laughs> it's a very stereotypical thing. We do have dartboards, though, but I digress. Um, this match was complete with everything you'd expect from a pub fight. Um, at one point, uh, Butch even impaled, I can't remember which one it was, um, one of the members of Gallus with a dart. And then pool cues were getting cracked over people's backs. And it was just all out mayhem. Um, reminded me a little bit of the, the barroom brawl we had at Vengeance. Uh, 2003, I think it was. Um, which ended with uh, Bradshaw and Farouk standing tall. While Funaki got drunk throughout the entire match just sitting at the bar. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was a chaotic match. Um, and Butch, Ridge Holland, and Tyler Bate got the win over Gallus. Um, I'd actually like to see Tyler Bate join this faction. Um, 
obviously he's got the British background, he's got the connection with Butch. Pete Dunne, fucking Pete Dunne. But um, yeah, I, I, I think he'd be a really, really good fit for uh, the Brutes if we can make that happen. Uh, we need to see more Tyler Bate. He obviously does have this look of a classic old school wrestler, but he also does have that um, rough and tough British um, British style background. So I, I think he'd be a good fit. Anyway, after a look at the history between um, Lyra and Becky Lynch, obviously they're going to face off at Halloween Havoc. Tegan Knox, who um, was defeated by Becky Lynch recently, asked Lyra to postpone her title match at Halloween Havoc because she wants another shot at Becky. Uh, Lyra said, fuck you, in not so many words. Um, John Cena finally arrived and addressed the NXT crowd, but he was interrupted by Braun Breaker. Um, Cena tried to be respectful, but got a cheap shot from Breaker. Cena then dodged a spear, Breaker dodged an AA. Um, if this is leading to anything, cool, but if it was just for tonight, fuck you. Um, because... Again... I'm, we're going to get into the main event later on, but this is, again, another example of WWE using their old-timers um, to make the young ones look stupid. And it got worse for Braun Breaker later on. But anyway, backstage, Cody, who was GM for the for the evening, by the way, in case you didn't know, um, was confronted by Tony D'Angelo and Stax, uh, NXT Tag Team Champions, as they suggest a tag team battle royal to determine their next challengers. Cody sets it up for next week. Um, Baron Corbin was interviewed and he's not happy with tonight's title matches. When is Baron Corbin ever happy? Um, then we got to the NXT title match. Ilya Dragunov defeating Dirty Dom despite some interference from Finn Balor and, uh, JD McDonough. Trick Williams thankfully stopped Mommy from getting involved. Um, and after the match, Dijak came out of nowhere and beat Corbin to the punch, attacking Ilya Dragunov. Um... If you're NXT champion, you got a bullseye on you. Backstage, John Cena gave some advice to both Carmelo Hayes and Trick before um, we saw like um, I don't. It was like a Twitter exclusive, sorry, an X exclusive, but it was like you know those vignettes back in the day of like hidden surveillance backstage. Um, I think it turned out to be an Eric Bischoff thing. Um, well, basically, it caught Paul Heyman talking to Ava, who, in case you didn't know, was The Rock's daughter. And, you know, schism isn't really a thing anymore because uh, the grizzled young vets are out. So, um, I mean, it, it seems too obvious to put Ava in the bloodline, but we'll see where it goes. And then, of course, Jade Gargill arrived, just like a fast lane. She arrived and did absolutely fuck all. They just put her on screen. It's, it's very much like... Um, what's her name? Uh, fucking Lacey Evans when she debuted on the main roster, she just showed up, did fucking nothing, and then that was it. You didn't see her for the rest of the night. She just walked out and walked back out. Um, at this point, it's just like they're putting Jade, or they're having Jade arrive at the arena just for the hell of it, just to show her off. Again, just to say, hey, we got one of AEW's homegrown stars. Look at us showing off. Um, <laughs> do something with her. Like, if you're going to show her on screen, do something with her. 
I don't even care if it's a backstage talking segment. Don't just show her arriving to the building and then do fucking nothing. It makes no sense. Uh, you're teasing the audience is what you're doing. But if you're going to tease them, like show a vignette or something. Do a promo. Do an interview. Um, Cody then, who was general manager for the evening, in, ca- in case you weren't aware, agreed to put Baron Corbin in the title picture with a triple threat match next week between Corbin, Dijak, and the winner of tonight's main event. Which uh, had to wait a little bit because we had one of the breakout tournament matches as Lola Vice defeated Danny Palmer. And of course, in the main event, John Cena fought off some interference from Solo Sokoa, allowing Melo to defeat Braun Breaker. Breaker then hit a spear after the match and said he... Actually, yeah, Paul Heyman introduced him as badass Braun Breaker. Um, Now, I'm going to admit, I'm not completely familiar with NXT in the past few months, but has Braun Breaker been using the nickname badass... Or was this just a clear, obvious um, setup for The Undertaker? Because obviously out comes The Undertaker, American badass. Um, and and Taker made Braun Breaker look stupid. Just dropped him with a choke slam. I will say this, though. It was cool, you know, to see Taker on the bike with Kid Rock playing. Um, he looked a little bit shaky to begin with, but uh, the choke slam looked great. Um, and if you got, if this is how you're going to use Taker going forward, not like bringing him back for a match, just sporadic appearances, then fine, I can I can deal with that. You know, as long as he is like retired, I, he's right there. But um, from from an old school perspective, it was a cool way to finish the show. From a realistic perspective, it was a dumb way to close the show because you got Taker, who's I think 54, not in the best condition. You know, uh, his body's been beaten up over the years. It took him too long to retire. I hate to say that, but, you know, he took some bumps. Uh, and he just drops, like, one of the brightest stars NXT have produced in the last couple of years with a joke slam. You made him look stupid. Why? Just, just for a cheap moment with The Undertaker. Okay. Um, so that was NXT. Um, on to Dynamite. Dynamite, um, like I said, they, it was just a normal show. They didn't overload it with special attractions. It was a normal show. They booked the same Dynamite you would see last week, the same Dynamite you're probably going to see this week. Um, and it wasn't about segments. It was about matches, I think. Well, the, the first 30 minutes for, for both shows were commercial-free. Um, NXT, the first 30 minutes was like Cody's segment and then... Oscar's match may have dipped into it. Uh, the first 30 minutes for Dynamite was just a match. I mean, it, it opened with Christian Cage and, and the production truck being his absolute asshole best. Um, and then, of course, we went into Brian Danielson and Swerve, and that lasted like the whole first half hour. Um, it was for a shot at the TNT title. Brian Danielson got the win with a running knee after Hangman stopped Swerve from cheating with um, Prince Nana's, like, encrusted whatever. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs then beat Chris Jericho in a surprisingly easy manner. Not to say Powerhouse Hobbs isn't a powerhouse, obviously. But, I mean, you'd expect more of a fight from Jericho, but this was just Hobbs 
really taking Jericho down. Um, which is the complete opposite of what I've just talked about with NXT. You got Jericho, who's a veteran, putting over powerhouse Hobbs in a very convincing manner. Like, it wasn't Jericho making him look stupid, and then Hobbs just got a quick win out of nowhere. No, Hobbs killed him. Um, Hobbs beat him up. Uh, we then get another segment in Roderick Strong's house where Adam still hasn't had surgery. <laughs> um, it's like fucking misery. Like, let let the guy go get surgery. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's gonna get to that point where we see the kingdom hold Adam Cole down and fucking Roddy just hobbles him. Hopefully, it doesn't get to that point. I know we're in the rated R era now or something. But um, Roddy asks for another favor before Adam tries to go and get surgery, finally. Um, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Just let the guy go. How has he not had surgery yet? <laughs> oh, man. Um, Orange Cassidy defeated Ray Phoenix to, once again, as it was announced, become the international champion. And this was a good move, I think. Um, we know Ray Phoenix wasn't supposed to be international champion, um, Marks got injured, and they changed the result on the fly. That's not to say Phoenix hasn't done well as champion. Um, he's had a couple of defenses. Um, but Orange Cassidy, I don't think, ever should have lost that title. He should have beat Marks. It would have been a big win for him. Um, and he, he's just looked lost these past couple of weeks without that title. Um... So it is nice to see the title back on him, and hopefully he doesn't tr- like kill himself and let the next however long this title reign is gonna last, like he did in the last reign. But if uh, if it is half as good as Orange Cassidy's first reign, then we're in for a treat again. And anybody that says Orange Cassidy is not an entertaining wrestler is still stuck in the whole. He's got this stupid lazy gimmick. Like, show me how many matches you've watched of his. Um. But yeah, we're in for another Orange Cassidy reign, which is great. And maybe he'll even get to face Mox when Mox is healthy again and beat him this time. I imagine maybe he was supposed to beat Mox to win the title back in the first place. But obviously, Mox is still banged up from that concussion. Um, Timeless Tony Storm, one of the best things in Impact right now, has completely lost the plot. As she presents her short, silent film, Lover's Lament. Now, I'm not sure what the general consensus was for these segments. Um, personally, ah oh man, I'm probably going to get some heat for this. Personally, I didn't really enjoy them. Um, they, they seemed like the kind of dumb stuff WWE would do. Um... And that's not me saying WWE sucks. That's me saying WWE likes to do a lot of comedy. Uh, I I I've I've loved this gimmick, and Tony Storm is absolutely killing it. She's a uh, um, owning this gimmick, and everybody loves Tony Storm right now. I think this she she's been a little bit goofy with this gimmick. Um, not not goofy, but comical, but in an unintentional kind of way, like a deadpan kind of way. This was just straight up slapstick comedy. Um, and I think AEW are better than that. But 
you know, it, it, it gets Tony Storm TV time. It gets, um, it keeps her gimmick relevant. So I guess I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm not a fan of silent films anyway. Except Nosferatu. That's legendary. Um, Wardlow does another murder to Matt Seidel. <laughs> like Moses and I talked about last week, it's a step in the right direction. Just don't overdo it. Like, that was the problem with his TNT title reigns. He was squashing guys, squashing jobbers. Um, then he became TNT champion, and then he carried on squashing jobbers. And it's just, that's not how you make the most of your monster champion. So, whatever the plan is for Wardlow, I like the presentation of him just nothing fancy, march down to the ring beat the shit out of the guy, um, and then leave through the crowd. I like that concept. Um, but hopefully we see a point. Hopefully we see a point to this. Right now it just seems like this is A. I don't know where we're going with B, and I don't know what the fuck C is, but this is A. This is where we start. Okay. Um, and also, if you are announced as the guy already in the ring, you're going to lose. Um, Danny Garcia tried to check in on Jericho following his match with Hobbs, but Daddy Magic tells him they're better than that. So, the as like we saw on Rampage, actually, the JAS, um, they're kind of in a place where we left Jericho, we need to prove we can make it on our own, and this was another case of Matt Menard being like, look, why are you checking on Jericho? Just forget about him. We walked away from him for a reason. You know, don't go crawling back to him. It shows weakness. Um, now, oh boy. Actually, you know what? I'm going to save this segment for the end because this is going to be a big talking point. Um, Hikaru Shida defeated Soraya to become the first ever three-time AEW Women's World Champion. I wasn't crazy about the title change. I gotta be honest. Um, I love Sheeta. Um, I loved it when she won the title for the second time because it was a nice surprise. But you have had very short women's title reigns since May. Um, so, what's that? June, July, August, September, October. In five months, you've had three champions. Um, I don't like hot potato titles stop it it just devalues them and also Soraya I think this was only her second title defense since she won the title at all in you know and considering it's her first title in what seven years something like that I would have thought they would have taken her on a big run like let her go for a few months but for whatever reason they decided to take the title off Soraya put it on Sheeta um, who's probably going to drop it to Jamie Hayter when she comes back. I don't know why you couldn't have just made it Jamie Hayter versus Soraya when she comes back and keep the title on Soraya, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just disappointed at how short Soraya's reign was. I know, I think the plan was for Jamie Hayter to win the title at All In and not Soraya, but obviously hey, Jamie got injured, um, and they were like, well, Soraya's English, she can have the title. And also, it's going to be a huge moment for her to win, like, her first title in years in, in Wembley. Um, I would, I would just like to know why the title changed now. 
why we couldn't have had Soraya versus Jamie, um, and what the original plan was. But we'll see. Anyway, um, Don Callis and Takeshita fired shots at Kenny using cue cards, just like Sammy Guevara would have done. Um, and then before the main event, Christian Cage addressed Adam Copeland. I'm still getting used to not saying Edge. And took some shots about their past in WWE. And personal shots about Beth and Adam's daughters. Um, very personal shots. In a way only a true heel like Christian Cage would. Um, which of course prompted Adam to charge into the ring. Which was pretty much a trap really. Because he got... Um, his his leg was grabbed by Nick Wayne. Luchasaurus was laying in wait. He just dropped him, and then of course there was concern about Adam's neck. Um, but the match began anyway, and of course this was Adam Copeland's first match in AEW. I think it was a a good way to showcase him. You know he can still go. He's not quite the edge of two thousand eight two thousand nine, but he can still go. Um, and angry edge is a good edge. Luchasaurus also looked good, even though he lost a match. Um, but at least he didn't lose it clean. Like, there was some shenanigans. There was a lot of shenanigans in this match. Um, so, the finish came when the referee was distracted by, I think, Nick Wayne. And Christian tried to bring in the TNT title. Adam Cole, Adam Copeland snatched the title, decked Luchasaurus with it, and then threw the belt back to Christian Cage. So, Luchasaurus woke up. And for obviously he saw the belt in Cage's hands and for for whatever reason he got hit by Christian. Um, Adam Copeland took advantage of the distraction, hits Luchasaurus with a spear, and gets the win. But um, after the match, after the match, the show ends in chaos as Adam is jumped by the group before Brian Danielson makes a save, followed by Claudio and Wheeler. Um, Gates of Agony then attack the BCC. And uh, accompanied by Swerve, Hangman comes out of nowhere, attacks Swerve. Um, and in the ring, Adam Copeland spears Nick Wayne while Danielson traps Christian Cage in the little bell lock. Obviously, they're going to face off for the TNT title next. Um, I like that image of Adam Copeland and Brian Danielson standing tall at the end of Dynamite because obviously the running joke is Roman Reigns shipped them both off to AEW. So I was like, it was a nice little reunion. Um, so that was the Tuesday Night War. Now, the only segment I glossed over, for a very good reason, um, was the uh, the Bang Bang Gang MGS segment, which is just blown up. Um, so Jay White defeated um, Hangman after Swerve returned the favor from earlier, and Prince Nana cost Hangman the match. Um, MGF came out to the stage to confront the Bang Bang Gang, demanding the Triple B back. Um, and, you know, to begin with, it was a very nice segment of MJF playing babyface, gaining sympathy, um, Jay White being an asshole. You know, because obviously he's holding MJF's title hostage. Um, then things took a little bit of a dark turn as Juice... Um, Announced first of all that he was going to be in the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal, and then produced a stack of quarters, um, which obviously, you know, was a dig at uh, MJF, and 
triggered both MJF and the internet for want of a better term. Um, now, I, I can see how this fits kind of into the storyline because obviously MJF is a very proud Jewish um, but Juice has has always had this gimmick of hitting people with a stack of quarters that's one of his old things um, <coughs> excuse me um, I'll be honest at first I thought it was a um, a shotgun shell or something and I thought well now I get it Bullet Club Gold, Bang Bang Gang, funny, they got a bullet with MGS name on it, no, that's not, it, was a, it was a stack of quarters. Um, anytime, this would have been a very risky segment, because um, of the implications of, you know, the religious aspect of it, it's always going to be a sore subject, and it's always a very topical thing, especially with with what's been going on in the last week. But I think, of course, with what's been going on in the past week in Israel and stuff, was the worst possible time to do this segment. Um, <clears throat> obviously, MJF and Juice agreed to it or came up with it or whatever, but they were both, they both okayed it. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to, like overreact and say fire juice you know fire whoever okayed this segment this is not okay i agree it, it it wasn't really uh it wasn't okay and it wasn't the best idea um but i also understand from a wrestling perspective that this kind of stuff happens like you want to gain heat you really want to gain heat this is the kind of stuff you do this is the kind of stuff heels did back in the day um <clears throat> but yeah, uh, probably not the best time to do it. And, you know, the internet has absolutely had a meltdown over it. And understandably so. But at the same time, let's just think this is a TV show. It's scripted. How many times have we seen other TV shows, you know, um, bring in this kind of stuff to gain heat for the villain? Uh, I'm going to use Sons of Anarchy as an example. There was uh, a big, like, neo-Nazi presence in Sons of Anarchy. There was white versus black in Sons of Anarchy. It was There was a lot of racial stuff in it. Um, and I'm not saying it's the best idea to do this on a wrestling show, but it has been done before. Um, again, I'm not trying to defend it, but I'm also not supporting it. I am, I'm, I'm very... Um, objective, not objective, um, impartial, this, this is an impartial view, I can understand both sides, um, and I'll just say it wasn't the best time to do it, but if anything, it's definitely gonna work in MJF's favor as he gains sympathy, um, because it's not just with what's been going on, uh, in the real world in the past few days, in the past week, but MJF has obviously also made it clear that he does have a past of um, being bullied for his religious views and everything. So, um, The silver lining to all of this is that MGF will get the sympathy as a babyface. And, you know, it's just weird how a couple of years ago we were like, MGF is a 
best heel in the business. He will he will never turn face. He couldn't possibly be a face. He's too much of a prick. He's a lovable prick. And now he is really going strong as a baby face. Like the this kid is gold. Right? Um he's an absolute star. And the fact that he has proven that he can go from being the best fucking heel in all of wrestling to right now everybody loves MJF as a babyface is just a testament to his ability. So, um, yeah. Hopefully the heat dies down on this. Um, hopefully fans can forgive them for it and we can move on. But let's let's maybe think before doing stuff like this again. You know? Um, but yeah, that was NXT and AEW this past Tuesday. It's weird that we didn't have wrestling last night, but um, hey, you got Impact tonight or tomorrow in the UK. You got Rampage, and of course, normal service resumes in the following week. We are two weeks away from our Halloween special where I will defend the Max Television Championship against Chris Reed. It'll be TV rules, longest promo wins. Unless the longest promo is three minutes over. That is very important. Um, but gimmicks, camera cuts, special effects are all allowed. Halloween special. <clears throat> and after Halloween, uh, well, after the Halloween hangover has worn off, um, our next special event is Promo Series 8 Chaos Theory on November 23rd. Daniel Crimmins defends his Knowledge Championship in the traditional Winner Stays On Gauntlet. He defends against Ted P. De Niro, and the winner goes on to defend against your captain for the second consecutive year. Hopefully, uh, I do a little bit better than I did last year, where I just... Kenny destroyed me last year, but, you know, Kenny Killer is one of the top dogs, and he'll destroy anybody in trivia, so... <laughs> um, DC also is very tough competition. Ted P. De Niro... I did not know he was um, so strong in a trivia game, which we found out a few weeks ago in, in this tag team tournament. Um, you know, either one of them is going to be tough competition for me, so I'm going to be watching those two go head-to-head -head, um, with a lot of intrigue. And speaking of the blind tag team trivia tournament, um, it's almost over. We don't know who has is going on to promo series yet. We will get to the final, I promise. It's going to happen next week. Um, providing Moses is able to make it. I know he's already um, quizzed my tag team partner Cypher and he's also already quizzed AJ and Beer so he knows what they've scored. He's got their questions ready to go. Um, we just need to do my trivia and then we'll find out who has won the blind tag team trivia tournament. But of course the winners go on to promo series to challenge DC and Mo in duos trivia for the max tag team championships. Mike Larkin issued an open challenge, beer accepted. For the first time ever, they will face off in a promo exhibition, having never crossed paths in any kind of competition before. Um, Mike Larkin is a knowledge god. Beer um, started off uh, very, very, very strong in the trivia game, um, but he's dipped his toes into the promo game, and now he's up against a real test in Mike Larkin. And of course, your main event, it is the showdown of the year. Cypher breaks out of the MDO shadow to challenge Moses for the Max World Championship. 
plus Survivor Series predictions, go to maxwrestlingnet.weebly.com slash promoseries8 for more information. Um, now I'm not used to doing this bit, but uh, it's time for this week's Geek of the Week. Pencil neck geek, gritty freak, scum sucking beard with a lousy physique. He's a one man, no gut, losing streak. Nothing but a pencil neck geek. Um, I'm 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 not even gonna think about it. I'm simply going to give it to every single motherfucker who thinks there's some kind of war or anybody who feels they have to pick sides. Stop. You are embarrassing yourself. If you like wrestling, watch wrestling. If you don't like AEW, don't watch AEW. Don't concern yourself with AEW. Let the people that want to watch AEW watch AEW. And if you don't like WWE, don't watch WWE. Watch AEW. Watch Impact Wrestling. Watch New Japan. Watch whatever else you can find. You don't have to pick sides. Just watch what you want to watch. Like I said, I'm not pro AEW. I'm not pro WWE. I'm pro wrestling. So Geek of the Week this week is everybody who's a geek that um, it feels they have to be a loyal fucking butt-licking tribalist. Just stop it. And now for more positivity, this week's MVP of the Week. Um, I I really don't know who to give it to. Um, (laughs) I'd like to say somebody from NXT stood out, but they didn't because it was all about Cody and Cena and Taker and Asuka. So I'm not going to give it to anybody on NXT. Um, uh, AEW... You know what? I'm going to give it to Jay White. Um, because as much as I don't want MJF to drop that title yet, it looks very good on Jay White. And he is finally showing the casual audience what we all knew when he was in Bullet Club and that he is a great leader and very deserving of the world championship. And, and before everything went south with the whole quarters reference... Jay White cut a great promo and acted like a brilliant heel against MJF. And if you can come out of a segment with MJF looking like the best heel, then props to you. So, uh, this week's MVP of the week is most certainly Switchblade Jay White. And I almost wish there was two world titles in AEW because they they both deserve to be world champion right now. Um, if, this, if this is not Jay White's time, then he does need to have a time in the sunlight at some point soon in AEW because he's money. Um, well, that was your one-man show for um, Max Wrestling this week. Thank you for joining us. I hope we rocked you harder than the Tuesday Night War. Um, now, usually, this is where I would hand you over to Moses for the A to B at the Retro Rewind to tell you what he's had going on this week. 
um, but obviously he's not here, so instead, um, I'm just going to give a shout out to DC, Daniel Crimmins, um, who has been on Max Wrestling many, many times um, over the past few years. Um, you've seen him on Kicking It With The TSK. Uh, he's been on with the TSK when they've taken over Max Wrestling several times. Um, you've seen him work with Mike Larkin most recently on um, Uncaged. But uh, you've also seen him work with me in, on the Throne Zone podcast on the third season. And, you know, we're obviously looking at coming back for um, Throne Zone when House of the Dragon returns. But you can now also find Daniel Crimmins solo as he branches out on his own, very much like I'm doing right now. And trust me, it's not easy. Um, DC has a new show all by himself. Um, you can check it out now and hopefully... Uh, you give him a like, you give him a subscribe, so go support DC in his new solo project, The Pile Driver Pundit. First episode is on YouTube right now. Uh, and DC, best of luck with your new journey. Uh, and I will hopefully see you at promo series. So um, here's the socials again. You can find us on the Evil X Machine at Max Wrestling UK at the Captain Five One Two and Moses, you can find him at SMR Podnet. Check out the website maxwrestlingnet.weebly.com and don't forget to hit the sub or the follow button on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the socials. Moses is killing it on TikTok. Um, you know what he always says: you you want to get us to a thousand on YouTube. So also make sure you're subscribed, like, share, do it all. Just get Max Wrestling out there. You know, we're um we're coming up to our 500th episode next year, so share us, get the word out, take us to the max. You see what I did there. Um, with that said, join us next week for Bound for Glory predictions and the last stop before Halloween. Um, hopefully Moses fixes all his computer issues and he's back with us next week. Um, you did see him in the show. Obviously, he pre-recorded those segments. Thankfully. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's not a one-man show again next week, and I'm sorry if I've rambled on a little bit. I'm really not used to going solo. But um, thank you for joining us, or joining me, and again, we will see you next week for Bound for Glory predictions. You've been watching The Cap. Goodbye, and good night. Bang! Moses, pick up the damn phone.